What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Off the Notepad. Woo! My name is Kanava. And my name is Gavin. And I'm Summer. Yeah, welcome, Summer, to this banger podcast. We have a crazy episode today, and the first part is significantly longer than the other part because it's so good. It's it's honestly fucking amazing. It's a... Damn it, you took my line, Kanava. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, before we get into this one, just make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Make sure to hit that Instagram, that Reddit. That TikTok, that OnlyFans, <laughs> not the okay, the Twitter, the Twitter. Gotta shout out the Twitter. Uh, we're gonna start posting like prompts and stuff for y'all to respond to and fill out in your own way. So submit them, and yeah, make sure to hit that pog on Twitch. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, drop the pogs in chat. W's. Absolutely, absolutely. Either way, thank you for listening to Off the Notepad. Uh, make sure to share. And yeah, we'll see you Send at the break. Send it to a loved one. Send it to someone you hate. We'll see you all at the break. Hi, welcome to Off the Notepad. I'm Victoria D'Angelo. And I'm Halika Campbell. And today we have a very special guest with us. It's not Gavin, because, you know, why would we have Gavin on our podcast? Sure, and it's not Kanava I either, even though he is a new character. <laughs> yes. No, but one of our very good friends, Summer, is here to commentate during our episode. Yeah, I'm just going to be rude as fuck the entire time. That's perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. Particularly do do do. if it's directed towards Gavin. I could never be rude to you, Gavin. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was one God. of the, what is it, advocates for Gavin rights. <laughs> yeah. Oh! We finally have our first Are one. Are you a GSW? <laughs> oh, what? Gavin social justice warrior? A Gavin Wait, social warrior? Wait, what was it? A Gavin Justice Warrior, a GJW. Yeah, I'll, I'll be a GJW all day, every day. Fuck so, yeah. So to let you know, the other people that are uh, GJWs are Jesse and Tano. No, not I anymore. Don't, I don't know Tano. No, but so I'm, I'm if holding Jesse's on. Jesse's in on it. I'm in no, on shoot. it. My my younger brother Tano, who sometimes listens to this podcast, and he might hear this, um, a very long time ago, texted me and he was like, "Hey, you gotta stop being so mean to Gavin." I'm not gonna like, be mean to Gavin. You can't make okay. me do it. But then, and I was like, haha, too bad, Tano. I'm going to be really mean to him anyways. And then a couple weeks later, Gavin was trying to convince me to steal Tano's Splatoon 2 copy. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, no, Tano was like down with Gavin. See, Tano has a right to hate you, but <laughs> I, you haven't done anything to me, so I'm just chilling. Like, you know, I, I feel like I get a little bit of like, I was, I was joking. But also, I was There's, serious. You don't I was joke joking. about Splatoon 2, dude. <laughs> no, you don't you joke don't. about Splatoon 2. When it comes to Splat 2... But Splatoon mm-hmm. 3 is on the table. That's your name. That's fair. Maybe That's fair. You make fun of that. Okay. Well, back to the important people. Uh, Halika, I have oh. a character for you. Really? Yep. It's yep. Like Christmas. Yeah. Hmm? We never do this. Never? No. This is a totally new thing that I've never done before. I'm not prepared. Okay. So the protagonist that we are going to be working with today is going to be a forcefully retired superhero. Oh, interesting. We've had a lot of uh, superheroes in the latter half lately. Mm-hmm. Because I kept thinking about our last episode with the superheroes. Yeah, that was fun. Okay. Actually, this works well enough, I think. Yeah? <laughs> When I first picked out this prompt, I was like, it's going to be kind of shit. I hope I don't have, like, a loser protagonist to put in this, but this one, this could work. Okay. So, it is as follows. A new modern apartment complex is now open, 
and the protagonist is one of the first to apply for one of its one-bedroom luxury apartments. Less than a week after they move in, tenants start disappearing. Then someone leaves a gift basket at their front door. That's so creepy. <laughs> Wild. Okay. Um, so what's, what's, what's in the gift basket, I guess, is our first question. I think my instinct was like, it's a red herring. Like, fuck the gift basket. I mean, sure. nothing. It's unrelated. We did that with uh, the mailman and the mafia lady. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and that say that. That was a great episode, though. It was. It was really good. But it needs to stay completely original. Um, it's a cupcake. It's a cupcake. So... The gift basket should definitely tie into the disappearances somehow. That's my only, like... It could be a gift basket with photographs of all of the tenants. Oh, that'd be funny. Like the fucking uh, 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 private investigator photos. Ooh. And then on the bottom of the stack is the superhero, the former superhero. What kind of pictures do you think the superhero gets in this one? Like, them out of costume or them, like, younger, like, prime of their superhero career? I kind of feel like both, because the question we have to ask about this universe is about identity. Mm-hmm. If the the superhero's identity is uh, public knowledge. And if it's not, then one of the interesting things to play with is uh, if these photos are, like, yeah, I know who you are. Mm. I think let's... Before we decide that, I think we have to take a step further back mm. and decide how this superhero was forcibly retired. Yeah. Because I yeah. think that'll determine, like, if their identity got out and that's what caused them to retire. Oh, yeah. No, that'd be interesting, too. I mean... Because there's, there's always that option, and then there's the, well, they got old, you're not useful to society anymore, please fuck off. Yeah. Could also, like, write a disabled protagonist with that, too. <gasps> yeah. That'd be really interesting. No, that'd be cool. Though, I don't know, I'd want to stray from um, superhero in a wheelchair, because we get that a lot. Yeah. 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 Keep thinking, like... He breaks his arm, but that'd be, like, really sad to get retired for. That's true, but that could have something to do with his powers, too. What if his arm gets torn off? Yeah, I was going to Not just say. regular broken? Yeah. Like, if it's amputated. If it's amputated at the forearm, I think yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, like... I don't know, because then what would be really fascinating is this forcibly retired superior who's, like, presumably older. Yeah. And they, you know, go through this process of losing their dominant hand. Mm. And they can't. Yeah. Their powers mm. don't work as well in this state for oh, whatever yeah, reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then we start with someone who is miserable. Mm-hmm. He gets a robot hand, though. Yeah, the the robot hand works really well It's, like, really immediately well fixed. About? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay. Garbage. So my thing is, if it is their arm that gets fucked up, what is their power? Like shooting fire from their hands? <laughs> that I would understand if like they can't do that shit anymore. 
maybe they're like Mr. Fantastic and they can uh, extend their limbs like rubber, but if one of their limbs gets torn off, how much mm. can they extend it? What kind of motor function do they have at that point? That's true. Alternatively, it could be like the thing that they do. This is an awful reference. You should probably cut this, Gavin. Um, but the thing that they do in the Disney Channel show, Mighty Med, Don't where it's like it. she just gets um, one of the superheroes, like just gets a hit by something and just like completely loses like function over her um, powers. Oh, yeah. So it's like maybe something about the way that the arm had to be amputated, just like severed the nerves wrong or something. Yeah, because I'd honestly love if this was a superhero who was like, us invincible like they used to be able to just regenerate limbs oh that'd be interesting like basically god tier mm-hmm. and now they're living in a luxury apartment building where people are going missing how would you feel about inserting a level of immortality into this i'd be interested in doing it i'm down because i'm thinking of who the fuck did who what was the the she snapped at me <laughs> <laughs> no she didn't she absolutely did i won't let this be silent gg gjw <laughs> rise <Wow>. up <laughs> what was that crackhead superhero movie and he was john uh, hancock Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like John Hancock style where they're like immortal and invincible and just really fucking powerful. And that then... shit got weirdly religious though. Yeah. <laughs> and then our superhero goes through this accident and then maybe even like for some time, like they think everything's fine and then they're aging and people are like, what? Oh, Yeah. I'm kind of imagining Ron Perlman and like a wife beater. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the central conflict of this piece, regardless of like how immortal or what specific powers we choose for this protagonist, I feel like the crux of this narrative is I have to navigate this world not only as a regular person. But as a disabled person. Yeah. And, like, we don't have to... I really don't want to hit those notes of, everyone is ableist, so this poor person sucks. But, like... I don't know. Things just being difficult. Like, the luxury apartment not being luxury for a disabled person. Mm-hmm. Like, little troubles like that. And then hitting the bigger troubles of, people are going missing in this building. Yeah. No, that's that's something I love about literature when you hit all of the little things about these big problems of of being disabled and obviously you have the big problems like if you don't have an arm it's hard to drive a car. Yeah. But also just the small things of in your apartment and living becomes slightly more difficult. Mhm. Okay. So we're going with lost an arm. Yeah. Okay. Are we continuing with immortality slash no longer? I like that. Yeah. I think it's neat. Okay. So, gift basket Mm -hmm. with photos and fruit. Yep. What if they're (laughs) photos photos of his arm? Oh! (laughs) So freaky. That'd be pretty fucked. Of the severed arm. I imagine it's like a collection of photos at the bottom. So maybe there's like some of him 
in flight or some of them in um combat and then there's one of like the severed arm that mm-hmm. like made it into the newspapers the one that got them forcibly mm-hmm. retired but then what does that say about our antagonistic force really obsessed really obsessed mm-hmm. really out for like pain out to like really hurt this forcibly retired superhero where it matters mm-hmm. they research their targets research their targets yeah. We're developing a serial killer, guys. <laughs> this is great. This is great. <laughs> oh, no! We always hit the serial killer motifs. Okay, <laughs> serial killer vibes. The the important part of it is why. What if the arms, the one that, the thing that's immortal, Ooh. so it doesn't desiccate. It's not. It's oh, just. God, a, it's yeah. like it was, he just has the arm. Like it was the antagonist cut off does. before the ability was like fading. Jesus. Summer, I have a love and hate relationship with you in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It'd be like so fat. Like this arm couldn't be reattached. Like that's that is gone without saying. Our protagonist probably doesn't want a prosthetic. Yeah. They don't seem like they do. I almost want the severed arm to be in a museum. <sighs> like in the most like grotesque quote-unquote honorable way like the people go and pay their respects and he goes and he pays his respects to his own arm do they touch the arm like a wall street bull or something yes that's they touch the glass that's how he essentially like got his retirement is that he sold off his arm oh my god or that's like forced oh into that position yeah that's amazing. That's nasty. That's horrid. This person is miserable. He's having the worst. We're writing time. body horror. That's true. I mean, we always do at some point. Spotify, yeah. please do not take us off air. Spotify, you don't mind, do you? Spotify, you left the ghost dragon episodes, plural, up. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Let's see. What does antagonist want? Why are they taking... It kind of sounds like random-ass richer people in this apartment building, right? Like, it's a luxury Mm -hmm. building. Well, I forgot the people disappeared. (laughs) It's, like, my favorite part. Okay. Uh, Human experiments for immortality? But why just in that apartment building if if he's experimenting on them? Does he, like, really fucking hate rich people, too? Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I'm almost, I'm not like super satisfied with a um, calculated antagonist. Just because we have a lot of those. We have a lot of calculated protagonists. That's true. I feel like Gavin pointed out a big part of this character being, maybe it was Summer, one of you on the couch, the couch squad. Couch gang! Couch um, squad. Oh, couch gang's the like, thing on the Like, point out this character being obsessive. Yeah, okay. Well, the easiest answer is they're driven by revenge. And for whatever reason, they lump our retired superhero in with very rich people. They're in the same group, as far as our antagonist is concerned. So, is what if the superhero just is really rich? Well, they definitely are. Yeah. Like, after selling off the arm. Yeah. But also, I wonder if it's the opposite. I wonder if this antagonist just has a vendetta against the rich people in this building and forcibly retired superhero happens to be there and they don't see them as a threat, oh. but as like a commodity. Like, it's such a joke that you're here. 
interesting. Oh, so just like, oh, you're fucking worthless. Yeah. Who gives a shit? So then the obsession is all in playing the game. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so a Criminal Minds episode just shot itself into me. I love Criminal um, Minds. It's, it, it was an episode where whoever the killer was, I'm technically not a killer but he he, uh took three i believe they were teenage girls they were best friends i'm pretty sure like cheerleaders or something that's the vibe they gave off um the one where he kidnaps them puts them in the locks them all in a room yeah tells them you won't let them out until one of us one of them dies one of them kills the other fun fact about halika she loves that episode (laughs) 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 and like i feel like that's the sort of vibe I'm getting from our antagonist and the kidnapping of these rich people. Yeah, it's like Saw, but, mm-hmm. you know, where Saw is like, this has meaning behind it. Yeah, they want to get like, eat the rich. sick entertainment out of it. Yeah. You know what would be funny? You know what wouldn't be funny, but you know what would be funny? Want to throw in cannibalism? Hell yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And another vote from Gavin for yes. Because <laughs> it'd be funny if we had, like, a messy Hannibal Lecter situation. Yeah. Where he's taking these people, eat the rich, is, like, very much the go-to motto. Oh, yeah. Because oh, then I think he wants to eat the arm. If we're doing Hannibal Lecter, can he also be kind of gay for the superhero? I think they have to. Yeah, just, because just a little they, bit. It happens every single time, the way they're diametrically opposed. Like, it's so good. <laughs> so, does that change our photographs at all? Well, I mean, what's more enticing than trying to eat an immortal person? Yeah, I don't know if that changes our photographs, but that does age them. Because, like, at first I was thinking this was, like, a new up-and-coming antagonist, but I'm thinking this is someone who's seen the superhero yeah, through their career yeah, yeah. and has always been distantly fond of the idea of, I sure would love to eat that man's innards. Especially if the innards keep coming back. Yeah. See, but I also feel like the cannibalism is kind of a righteous thing and less so... God, that sounds delicious. Like, obviously, they have to have some interest in it to be a cannibalist. You're right, but it does feel more ritualistic. Yeah. That's sexy. He could be, like, super vegan. Like, (laughs) hyper-vegan, like... You need to get consent to be hyper-vegan cannibalist. Yeah, well, you're not eating animals. You're just eating people, and the people are eating the animals. (laughs) Maybe that's what makes it good for him. He doesn't have to be a rational villain. (laughs) It's environmentalist. That'd be really funny. I love this, like, really self-aware like, antagonist. <laughs> Messy Hannibal Lecter. God. Okay, so then let's dive into our arc. Because we have... We begin with our retired superhero. Right. We have a couple opening scenes with him, like, trying to go through his daily life. I imagine we have a caretaker character. Oh, yeah. We usually do. And then you could write an entire short story about that alone. Yeah. But if you do, I'll I'll know. And I'll remember that you didn't include the cannibalism. 
And we'll oh. remember that you didn't send it in to off the notepad at gmail.com. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Anyways. Um I wonder if the caretaker goes missing at some point. Oh. I'd be interested in seeing her vanish from the building. Um I just assumed she doesn't have to. They um and then is it just like who done it? Like he's looking for clues? My gut instinct to scream, why done it? And then <laughs> complain. <laughs> That's for the sister podcast on the notepad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, a who done it? I. I feel like that's the direction that we're going into. But also, at the moment, I find the antagonist to be infinitely more interesting than the protagonist. Yeah. Maybe our protagonist has to become grotesquely obsessed with this as well. Because you know what? I think Messy Hannibal is, like, really obvious about who he is. Because it's a serial killer thing, right? Like, they want to be found. I think this man is the same way. Um... But then I wonder, our superhero in my head, like, he keeps visiting his arm in the museum. I wonder if he thinks about it, too. Like, ingesting that part of himself, becoming whole again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dear audience, I cannot express to you how upset Victoria just looked at that. Is this is this where we played the laugh track? Gavin, you find that funny? <laughs> you yes. want to eat your own nervous sometime? laughter? <laughs> oh no, I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you don't. You, you can be as nervous as you want. <laughs> I also want to consider. I think it's important why the superhero wanted to be a superhero in the first place. Oh God, yeah, we didn't even touch that. We usually do that first. <laughs> Because the answer to that question will determine, like, how righteous they feel, how much duty they and obligation they feel regarding this fruit basket. Yeah. What if... I mean, he's immortal, right? Yeah. He's been alive... What if he's been alive for, like, however many hundreds of years to the point that being a hero is just a habit to him? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Because I'm betting he, like, came into his powers or they really started to show at, like teen years you know yeah like 16 17 the spider-man age and then like he just kept living he just kept doing yeah so when it stopped he didn't know what to do but it wasn't it was just a hollow feeling yeah like a phantom limb <laughs> Thanks, so at the beginning of our story then we're with a protagonist who doesn't know how to live mm-hmm. and basically find something to do in the form of a basket yeah Kay. oh god well then he doesn't want to catch our messy hannibal yeah no he doesn't because <laughs> no, this gives him purpose this is something to do oh god do we end this story with them like joining sides in a way because messy hannibal like like you just said we start with a protagonist who does not know how to live Messy Hannibal knows how to live. Yeah. Yep. He has exactly what our protagonist needs. Is this story going to end with the superhero eating his own arm? I don't think it has to. I don't want it to. Okay. Because that, to me, is the equivalent of the wheelchair superhero gets to walk again. 
Well, I didn't say it had to fix him. No, but like to me, that's what it is. Okay. It's him becoming whole again. Oh, okay. And I feel like that's not the message we're trying to shoot okay. for. Sure, 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 sure. I was definitely not thinking it would fix him, but it would hit that like really weird uh, necrophilia area. Just like the odd obsession with episode is disturbing. Just a wee bit. Thanks for being here for this one, Summer. Yeah, glad to contribute. We haven't left at the beginning of the story, and we're at 24 minutes. Well, I mean, I feel like the bulk of the story is the back and forth between them. That's true. Maybe there's multiple gift baskets. It's Death Note. Oh, God, we just wrote Death Note! That's horrible. Thanks for watching, guys. (laughs) Catch our next Twitch stream. Cannibalism Death Note. Ryuk, you can kill anyone. You just have to eat them. Yeah, God. No, I do think it's a it's a it's a banter story, where you're going back and forth between the murderer and the superhero detective and trying to figure it out. And there's probably a big blow up where they get along. Yeah. Somehow, I think like people keep going missing superhero turns a blind eye to a few of them and mm-hmm. then more and then they have this really they they definitely have this hero villain moment where it's like uh, uh i understand you better than anyone else does you're just like me oh yeah but not the usual hero no they go that direction quite often okay okay yeah no the smooching yeah yeah, yeah they do smooch just once Maybe then they beat the shit out of bloody smooch they could. Honestly, even if they just held hands, I'd be like, that's enough for me. Like, the camaraderie alone. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I just almost shit talk again. Cut that, Gavin. Cut that. Can I shit talk? Will you cut it if I shit talk? Can I was <laughs> editing this one? Thank you guys for listening <laughs> to the first half of this episode. We'll see you after the break. <laughs> Bye. And welcome to the break. I hope you all enjoyed that first segment just as much as us here at uh, in the studio do. Um, damn <laughs> cut the shit, cut the shit. <laughs> I know a lot of you all can relate to being cannibals and one-armed retired heroes. So I know that was like a really good episode for y'all. Yeah. I mean, my favorite character was obviously yeah, Messy Lecter. <laughs> Uh, either way, we have a, another banger fucking segment coming right up. If you like cave people and a magic lamp. Yeah. If you love rubbing lamps, you're going to love this episode. <laughs> love this segment. Maybe there's a little bit of extra commentary on uh, some uh, reverse generation generational trauma. Uh, that's up for you to decide. Either way, we hope that you enjoy this next segment. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all in the next episode. Enjoy. Want to have a podcast? Yeah. What's a podcast? You're on one. What? I what? thought this was TV. That's bad that you don't know where you are. I wanted to get famous. Uh, I'm no, not going to continue that joke. Prank but. cameras off. Hey, Victoria, I have a protagonist for you. Amazing. We're back from the break, so they don't have to listen to Gavin speak anymore? Hopefully. So rude. Perfect. I know, right? Well, Maybe I should do what Jesse says. GJWs rise up for sure. <laughs> This is an odd um, rebellion arc that I wasn't really ready for. Maybe Um, I do just edit what they say so they're complimenting me. So this one's going to be kind of 
difficult. Okay. Not it's not going to be any more difficult than the protagonists we've had in the past. It's not going to be worse than uh, community college theater kid. It's not going to be any worse than Ghost Dragon, which I think abounded. The screams of the unborn. <laughs> now that the fetuses are done, um, as they should be. I want to do a. I want to do a cave person. A cave person. Yes, I'm thinking like. We can drop them into any scenario, but I'm thinking primitive-ass cave person. Yes. Interesting. I'm okay if they've just discovered fire due to me suffering in the hit musical Firebringer. Um, but yeah, I want them very primitive. Okay. By by, we can drop them into anything. Do you mean like time travel? Cool. I think anything is cool with cave okay. person. I'm good like letting them learn on the fly. Okay. Okay. Interesting. But they do be rough at first. Okay. This this will be this this can be any time period actually. Okay. But we can discuss that. So, cave person. Yep, that's them. Has just found a magic lamp. Oh no. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the Kool-Aid man? <laughs> Okay, okay. And is this... Is, is that all we're being given? Just a magic lamp? Yep. Okay, so we're, we're setting the parameters of this so it doesn't have to be the genie in three wishes. Or do you want it to be genie in three wishes? I'm alright with anything. Hannibal Lecter. Not again! <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there's something in the lamp, right? That's how... Yeah, I think it has to be, like, a genie. I think yeah. that makes sense. Okay. I'm honestly, I'm okay with, like, sticking to the three-wish format until it gets bad. Yeah. And then okay. we can change it. Have you ever seen those reels that are like, I'm a genie and I'll only give you three wishes and here are my rules. Uh, you can't ask for more wishes. And the guy goes, okay, cool. And then he writes down a bunch of stuff on the piece of paper and then goes, I wish everything on this paper were true. Oh. <laughs> No, I haven't seen those. <laughs> oh, God. Cave person can't do that because they can't read or write. They can't, which is good. Can our genie? It, I, it depends on the time period, I suppose. Because if we're talking cave people time period, then there just wasn't written language, period. Yeah. Why don't we take this for um, an awful little spin? What if we... <laughs> no, wait. Wait, I need you to hear me out. I'm trying to solve all of our problems in one fell swoop. <laughs> um, we could potentially Futurama it. Where it's like cave person was cryogenically frozen for academic oh, purposes, yeah. or was academically academically was genetically recreated, oh, and then they come across the magic lamp inside the museum or inside whatever space they're in, as they melt for whatever reason. I'm sending this oh. episode to Galen. This one's for you, Galen. I miss you, Galen. <laughs> That'd be fascinating. Okay, no, I like that. Because then we're putting this cave person into 
this terrifying environment, but we have a reason for our genie to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking cave person doesn't have language either, like, or at least very, very primitive language. Very primitive, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, God, I want the genie to get so frustrated. I do, too. In this scenario, I almost want the genie to be fake. Really? Like, I want the genie to be, like, um, a hologram from inside the magic lamp. Oh? Like, it's... I don't know. So what if they don't go to the future? What if the genie goes back in time? Oh, shit. Yeah. That could also work. Genie goes back in time. Yeah. That would be a real genie. That would be a real genie, which I'm fine with. Yeah? Okay. Real genie goes back in time because Master destroyed the world? It could be one of those. Master destroyed the world or someone made a wish that was like, I wish this had never happened. One of those. Because then we give the genie a different mission because the prompt did not specify whether or not our cave person is the master. That's true. So if genie is on a goal of their own trying to unravel a cataclysmic event. Don't let man That's interesting. I thought you just was going to go, don't let man. (laughs) Don't let man kill them all. (laughs) Don't let man. No, that's really interesting giving the genie agency. I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah, me neither. It could be fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so Genie is, something went terribly, terribly wrong, and we're back in the Stone Ages. And Genie is here, and Genie wants to fix that. Yeah, I wonder if it was a petty thing that they were sent back to fix. Like, I wish my girlfriend had never broken up with me. So then Genie gets sent back to this point in time, like because of their magic, but they don't fully understand. Like it's a ladybug thing. They don't fully understand what they're supposed to do, but something needs to be done in this time period. Oh, that's the worst thing ever. (laughs) I would be so pissed off. Be so annoying. So Genie is attached to a different master at the moment. Yeah, probably in like modern day, maybe. Right, right, right. Okay, interesting. So awful if this was a movie and, like, cave person was a very far distant ancestor of our master. Mm-hmm. And so it's trying to create a, um, a butterfly effect in real time to get better habits out of the master in the far future via creating scenarios with cave person here. Uh-huh. Because we were talking Firebringer. Oh yeah, I know that musical. So I'm thinking, um, Genie's going through all these roundabout methods, and the first thing that they do is like, if 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 this cave person discovers fire, they're going to be popular and lorded, and they're gonna have a good life and be a good person. Mm-hmm. And then cave person discovers fire shows everyone cave person gets a big head genie says well fuck now i have to fix that yeah because then no one likes cave person because they're an arrogant piece of shit yep that's a genius god okay so then maybe they're like okay 
cave person needs to get more in touch with the people. Why don't we host a a cave gathering, a proper cave gathering? Jeannie teaches cave person how to dance. Have a fucking party. God. But cave person sucks at it. It doesn't go through. Mm-hmm. Maybe their head's too big at that point. Like, they haven't been humbled. Yeah. They really suck or they steal the spotlight from other people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jeannie. No, truly. What I really want from this concept is to get um, reverse generational trauma where it's like rather than um, passing down this experience this feeling it's like starting a set of habits like I'm envisioning cave person falls in love with another cave person or like grows to care for someone else and they give that other person like a necklace or a brooch Mm. and then theoretically at the end of this movie or book for that matter we get like scenes ahead of the next generation giving this necklace oh and like just passing it down until it's like a shitty piece of antique jewelry that our master in current day picks up oh fascinating yeah that'd be interesting that'd be really funny if the genie was sent back literally just so that he could see the necklace and then he gets poofed back and he sees the master with the necklace the old ratty necklace in his hands and he goes give that to your girlfriend yeah it's like that's literally all you had to do (laughs) because then it's like the problem is it's not with the girlfriend because i think that's how we start i think the master is like my girlfriend hates me yeah some shit my girlfriend is shit for that please fix my girlfriend but then it's like it's showing vulnerability and recognizing that you care for this other person and you need to show it in a different way yeah yeah why does why does the genie have to go back in time to learn the lesson (laughs) this sucks ass for the genie (laughs) funny though it is especially just like because a regular i don't know 18 19 something year old just trying to salvage their relationship mm-hmm. going back in time like that's uh yeah, yeah a powerful genie having to go back in time and try and communicate with these base life forms so mad the whole time constantly i want the genie to get back to present time and blow up at this 19 year old and be like you don't understand what love is yeah. you need to be a better person humans have not developed at all <laughs> in 10,000 years! You're still the same idiots! God damn it. I just want to say that I love the reverse generational trauma. (laughs) My life is shit, so I'm going to go back in time or have someone else do it and make my great-grandfather's life shit. (laughs) This is a fun one. I'd probably put this on a movie screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's, like, thick enough to be a book. I feel like you'd have to... It might make a short story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. I mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys like it. You better have. Yeah. We put a lot Woo! of effort into it. I mean, if you have complaints, you know where to get us. We've got a TikTok. It's at Off the Notepad. We have a Reddit that we use. Called Off the Notepad r slash off the notepad and then and then instagram, instagram. at off the notepad 
all the same. Can you guys guess what our tags are? It's off the notepad. It's almost like that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Done. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, send us your thoughts. Send us your stories. Write a fucking screenplay and we will produce it. We will? Yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe if I like it. <laughs> Damn. And thank you, Summer, for being here in this episode. Hell yeah. Yes, all right. Yeah. We'll see y'all in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Woo-woo. <laughs>